Welcome to a special mini episode of the Tweets and Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Asbury. As diverse as our nation is, so are my interests. I was raised in the South, and we love football just about as much as we love our fried chicken. In keeping with the theme of our show, Tweets and Tonic, these mini-episodes will appear during football season and will contain 10 tweets about the college football games from the weekend. So, whether you are drowning your sorrows in a drink or celebrating with a toast, pull up a seat and let's talk football. In Remember the Titans, Coach Herman Boone said, We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts, and then you will run a mile. Perfection, let's go to work. At number 10, we have a tweet from Glennon Doyle. Glennon is an author, activist, philanthropist, and nonprofit executive. She also happens to be one of my favorite authors. At number 10, at Glennon Doyle said, Gators, can you please do something good? My wife seems to be in pain. So this is obviously in reference to the Georgia-Florida game yesterday, the previously known largest cocktail party in the world. Um It was a crazy game, and uh, Georgia converted on a season-high 12 third downs, uh, which is the most against a ranked team since, like, 2014 when they played Louisville in the Belk Bowl, who ironically had a defensive coordinator named Todd Grantham, just like Florida. Hmm. Interesting. Perhaps he has – the Bulldogs have his number. Um, Georgia defaced Florida in this game, 24 to 17, uh, which is weird because Georgia was upset at home by South Carolina, had a barely a win. It was so sloppy against Kentucky. Um, but you know, we talk a lot about quality of schedule and it appears this season, maybe we're going to be looking at the quality of losses. Uh, you know, these one loss teams, uh, and even some of these two loss teams are coming into the picture. I think that loss to South Carolina left a lot in question about Kirby Smart's Bulldogs, um, especially after the dumpster fire Tennessee Vols beat Carolina. My apologies to my friends uh, Chuck and the Smiths and uh, Buffy. I know you you love your Vols, but uh, Florida season, you know, could have looked a lot different too. Um, that game against Auburn, I'm telling you, if my Tigers hadn't been on the road, I really think they would have got the Gators, but – Alas, um, in honor of Abby Wambach, Glennon's wife, um, I'm going to take it easy on the Gators out of respect for the greatest soccer player of all time, but I'm just saying you're on notice. (laughs) At number nine, uh, Saturday Down South tweeted, oh, this one's painful for me. Um, Arkansas gave up 300 yards rushing in a single half of American football. And in their tweet, they had a picture of Will Ferrell that said, uh, I'm not mad about it. I got to tell you, born and raised Arkansas fan, I'm I'm mad about it. (laughs) I'm almost to the point now, though, of I can't even be mad anymore. Um, It's just becoming a way of life, which is just wrong. But Arkansas lost yesterday, shocker, uh, to Mississippi State at home on homecoming, 54 to 24. 
Um, all due respect to the Mississippi State Bulldogs and one of my favorite authors and podcasters, Sophie Hudson. But yeah, it's still really Mississippi State. Um, the Bulldogs had almost 500 rushing yards. Arkansas barely had 184. The Hogs fumbled three times. Um, <clears throat> you know, in the words of Dave Chappelle, what can I say about the Arkansas football program that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? Looks bombed out and depleted. Chad Morris, I'm sure he's a lovely human being, but the mediocrity that's taken up residence in Fayetteville on the Hill is, it's nauseating. And, you know, the song goes for Razorback fans, oh Lord, it's hard to be humble to be an Arkansas Razorback fan. And I grew up singing that and I grew up believing that, um, I love the Hogs. I always will. But those players and their families and our fan base deserve better. And I've always been a firm believer that the Arkansas program is such a special job because we're not a state that has multiple teams. We're not, you know, Texas with SMU, TCU, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Texas. It's just Arkansas. We have Arkansas State and some smaller schools, but really people in Arkansas are raised Razorback fans. And I've always felt like the coaching staff, especially the head coach and even the AD should have some kind of connection to the state and to the program. And, you know, Chad Morris doesn't have that. And that was sort of my beef when he first got hired. Um, if I could talk to coach Morris, I would say thank you for your efforts, save your season, start KJ Jefferson or even John Stephen Jones. Stop this insanity. You know, Ben Hicks, he wasn't, he wasn't even going to keep the starting job at SMU. He does not deserve an SEC starting quarterback job. Um, yeah, I'm going to move on because that one's painful. Um, <clears throat> number eight at ESPN tweeted, Travis Etten now has the most career rushing touchdowns in Clemson football history. Uh, yesterday, Clemson defeated Wofford. Um, yes, that's really a school. It wasn't just a noise. Um, Clemson's had some great running backs like CJ Spiller and Andre Ellington, but, uh, this, this kid's special. And at this point in the season, I really feel like he's keeping that Clemson offense afloat. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is having the season that anybody expected. Um, I still just don't think Clemson has what it takes to defeat an Alabama this year, but Dabo is Dabo and he's got something special going on in death Valley. So you never count them out. And this was their 24th straight win, after all. And my three-year-old, for whatever reason, loves Clemson football. So, go Tigers. Um, at number seven, Dustin Schutz said, Dear everyone who thinks Brian Kelly should be fired, Notre Dame had two 10-plus win seasons from 1997 to 2009 under three head coaches. Kelly has had four 10-win years since 2010 with one BCS title appearance and a college football playoff bid. Please shut up. <laughs> and, um, you know, you either love Notre Dame or you hate Notre Dame. There's nothing in between. And I think because of things like the movie Rudy and uh, Touchdown Jesus, people just kind of have a little place in their heart for, for Notre Dame, um, except for my friends like Stephanie that are USC fans. <laughs> Uh, but yesterday they did win against Virginia Tech at home, barely, 21-20 to 20 on a field goal. And, you know, none of it makes you feel all that great about the game, this team and this year, but it wasn't a loss. 
it wasn't a ridiculous loss that included every way to both win and lose the game, but it was a win. And, um, you know, who knows what's going to go on with the fighting Irish. And I am of the camp that I don't believe they deserve a playoff seat if they don't play for a championship in their conference. And so I don't know. We'll see what happens with Notre Dame and coach Kelly. Uh, as an Arkansas fan, we, we'll take Brian Kelly if you're trying to get rid of him. Number six, speaking of my favorite college football coach, aufamily.com tweeted, Derek Brown, that's it. That's the tweet. And that is in reference to Derek Brown, the incredible defensive player for the Auburn Tigers. Um If you're new to my content, you don't know that I love Gus Malzahn. He is my favorite coach. His family is special to me. His wife is one of my favorite people. And, you know, it's been a weird season at Auburn. Um, Yesterday should have been a super dominant win for them against Ole Miss. Um, And yet Ole Miss had a chance to win the game on the final drive. Um, Auburn held on, though, for a 20-14 victory. At one point, they had been up 20-7 to in the third quarter. But, um, you know, Auburn – the weird thing about the Auburn game was they still won in every category. They gained like 500-something yards on offense, 315 in the first half, and the defense with Derrick Brown (laughs) held Ole Miss to 266. Auburn was 12 of 21 on third-down conversions, where Ole Miss was only 3 of 15. And again, Derek Brown is making this incredible highlight reel of his senior season. He's had like 37 tackles this season, eight for losses, four sacks. He's batted down three passes. He's nearly picked off a few. He's forced a couple of fumbles. He's had some strip sacks, and he's recovered a couple. He almost returned one for a touchdown against Florida, but the phantom turf monster got him. But, you know, he's – He's incredible. He's a beast. He's going to be amazing in the NFL. And if you haven't seen the play from yesterday when um, Auburn substituted late, um, he comes on the field late right as Ole Miss is snapping the ball and uh, Ely gets the ball and just out of nowhere, and you know this guy looks and sees nothing, all of a sudden he gets clobbered by, uh, (laughs) by Derek Brown. So it was pretty awesome. You know, there's rumors that a loss to Alabama this season is going to cost Coach Malzahn's job, which I think would be incredibly foolish. Even if I'm trying to not be biased, I still think it'd be a foolish move. Coaching in the SEC is tough. I think it's really the hardest conference to coach in. But also, you're coaching in the backyard of Nick Saban in the same state. It's almost an impossible standard. Um, But you know what? Don't ever count Gus Malzahn out. He's a quintessential Auburn man, and he'll make it happen. Um, And if Auburn does part ways with uh, Gus, uh, Fayetteville, Gus, come home. Let's go back to Arkansas. (laughs) Let's return it to its glory. But for now, go Auburn. Um, Number five, Brian Spurgeon tweeted, uh, Florida State football is keeping my therapist employed. Hashtag help. Hashtag we suck so bad. So here's the funny thing. I was working on my script for this episode this morning. This is Sunday, um, the third, and I was going to talk about Florida State and just really the question of what they were going to do with Willie Taggart. So then about 10 minutes before I sat down to record this podcast, my ESPN app goes off on my phone and he has been fired. So 
This is up-to-date news, folks. Um, Really embarrassing is the only word I can think of to describe how Florida State played yesterday. Um, I think really you could definitely call into question how they prepared for that game, which is a coaching thing. Um, They got blown out 27-10 by their in-state rival Miami, who also is not having a great season. And it never seemed like from anything that I saw that Florida was – Florida State was even in the game. Um, After the game, they asked Coach Taggart um, if this was a significant step back for the program, and he said, yep, it was. And uh, it it proved out today to the tune of about $17 They were still happy to part ways with him. Um, Programs like this just don't have the patience for mediocrity, apparently only at Arkansas, sadly. Um, Number four, Emmanuel Acho said – the Baylor Bears just turned 8-0, the best team in the Big 12, and Coach Matt Rule is the coach of the year from 0-7 to 8-0 in two years. Wow. You know, this Baylor thing is interesting. Um, I grew up with somebody that ended up playing football at Baylor, and so I've kind of always paid attention to their program. And obviously, they were riding high for quite a while with Art Bryles. And obviously, if you follow sports at all in news, you saw that come crashing down. Um but, you know, in the past few weeks, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, they've all lost. And then Baylor nearly gave this game away. But they all still have their best teams to play down in the next few weeks. And so you just never know how this is going to shake out. And um, there may be some madness by the time we get to December Or there's always the possibility that the Big 12 will cannibalize themselves out of the playoff race. And if the past week reveals anything, that could very well be possible. But still very impressive what's happening down in Waco. And not just with uh, Magnolia and the (laughs) Chip and Joanna. Um, And number three, David Hellman, who writes about my Cowboys a lot, tweeted, As a fan of college football, it's very, very fun to me that SMU and Memphis are not in the Power Five, but are playing this badass game in a badass environment in this badass old stadium. 10 out of 10 would recommend. There's more to this wonderful sport than the obvious games. Um, I thought this was a crazy game. I didn't know how it was going to end up. Um, Have some small, minuscule connection to SMU. A guy that I grew up with is one of the coaches there. But, man, this game was amazing. Um, Memphis is something special right now. Brady White, he threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Antonio Gibson set a school record of 386 all-purpose yards with three touchdowns. And they held off off SMU, who was undefeated, 54-48. to Um, Definitely the biggest day in Memphis Tiger football history. But first loss for SMU and moved the Memphis team up to the top of the American Athletic Conference Western Division. And I don't know, maybe it improves their case to represent that five in the New Year's Six. We'll see how that goes. But it was an amazing game. And really cool to see just Bill Street lit up during the day Um, and just what these two programs are doing. I think they're both building something very special. Um, At number two, Joel Klatt said, really impressed with at Oregon football tonight. Herbert is a special player. They have a real shot to shake up the playoff discussion. And, you know, Justin Herbert, he finished the night 21 of 26 with 225 yards and three touchdowns, and he rushed for a fourth. And this was on the road at the Coliseum against USC. Um, The Ducks look good, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
USC, though, I, I really feel like this Clay Helton era could be over. Um, it's easy to forget, though, that he took over the program in the shape that it was because you think USC, you always think a powerhouse, but it wasn't in good shape when he came in and he went five and four as an interim and then followed it up with 21 wins in those first two seasons as the full-time coach. And that's a big deal. And he led the Trojans to the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. And it's not like it's really been a total flop, but it hasn't been amazing either. And it's USC, even though they haven't won a national title in like 15, 16 years, that doesn't mean they've lowered their standards. They they would never accept what we're accepting in Fayetteville. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. But speaking of the Pac-12, uh, our number one is Todd Furman tweeted, today was one of the most important days for at Pac-12 football in a long time. The league maintains national relevance if they get 11-1 Utah versus 11-1 Oregon in the conference title game. This Utah team is, is something right now, too. Um, Tyler Huntley threw for a touchdown, ran for another. Jalen Johnson returned an interception for a score, and Utah came back from 11 points down to beat Washington yesterday, 33-28. to So it keeps the playoff hopes alive for the Utes, who also are a one-loss team. Um, and they forced that Washington quarterback, Jacob Eason, into three turnovers. And, you know, he's the former SEC golden boy from Georgia that left and made way for Jake Fromm. Um, but I don't know, you know, Utah got down and in a hole, but they still came back. So it'll be interesting to see how the Pac-12 shakes out. That about wraps up our top 10 for this week in college football. Back to remember the Titans. Coach Boone said, it's all right. We're in a fight. You boys are doing all that you can do. Anybody can see that. Win or lose, we're going to walk out of this stadium tonight with our heads held high. Do your best. That's all anybody can ask for. In this mini-episode, we'd like to highlight the J.J. Watt Foundation. The J.J. Watt Foundation's mission is to provide after-school opportunities for middle school-aged children in the community to become involved in athletics so that they may learn the character traits of accountability, teamwork, leadership, work ethic, and perseverance while in a safe and supervised environment with their peers. To learn more, check out jjwfoundation.org. If you like what you heard this week, please be sure to give us a like or follow on social media and tell your friends about us. Please review the podcast if you have the chance, wherever you are listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. Cheers and go do some good, y'all.